Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. If you would like to support the show and get bonus content, visit our Patreon at patreon.com backslash badaxepod. Memberships start at just $1, and you can binge several months of bonus episodes. You will find a link to the Patreon in our show notes. If you would just like to make a donation to support the show, we also have a Buy Me a Coffee account, which is also linked in the show notes. It's buymeacoffee.com backslash badaxpod. You can also support the show for free by leaving us a review and telling a friend about us. Now, on to today's case. Today, we are going to India in April 2012. Back in 2012, 24-year-old Sheena Das Bora worked in Mumbai at a transit company called Mumbai Metro One. She was a manager there a job that she'd worked hard to get to by getting a degree and by training at another company. Like other people her age, Sheena worked long hours and strived to advance her career. Friends and family say that she loved music and Bollywood films. She read often and she tried to stay positive even though life hadn't always been easy for her. Sheena was living her best life, well, sort of. She was in love with a man named Rahul Mukherjee. According to her father, Sheena and Rahul planned to marry soon, and they'd even asked for her blessing, which he'd given. Sheena's life was finally on the upswing after years of struggle. On the outside, she appeared to have everything, good looks, a great fashion sense, and a tight circle of friends. But looks can be very deceiving. In this case, looks are extremely deceiving. Oh, really? Yes. Now, before we can talk about what happened to Sheena, we really need to step back in time to the aforementioned struggles that shaped Sheena's childhood and teen years. Because this story isn't going to be your normal family story, love story, or story of a disappearance. It is absolutely wild. It's a complicated story, I guess. Yes. All right. Our story doesn't really start in 2012, and it doesn't start in Mumbai either. Sheena's complicated life and death started in a city called Guwahati in the Indian state of Assam. Guwahati is a large city that borders a river and over a million people live there. The city is called the Gateway to Northeast India and the City of Temples since it has so many Hindu temples. I do have a couple of fun facts about this city just because I got a little into it. Guwahati is also the home of some of the coolest animals in India, including elephants, tigers, and rhinoceros. That's pretty cool. Yeah, just these are just natural habitats. Yeah, it's like just where their, they're from. Yeah, it's where yeah. they're from, which yeah. is super cool because they're just like in this like city environment. I know, right? Tea is a major crop in the area as the state of Assam, where Guwahati is located, is one of the world's top tea producers. And as a tea drinker, I thought that was super cool. Absolutely, me too. And the city features both an urban cityscape and wild landscapes, so it kind of just has like the city surrounded by like foresty region. Sounds like a pretty nice place. It looks really cool. Nice. Now, Sheena Dasbora entered the world in this city on February 11th, 1987. Her parents, Pori Bora and Siddhartha Das, weren't married. 
Bora and Doss met while attending university, and their relationship got super serious really, really fast. Soon, the young couple lived together in Bora's family home with her parents. About a year after Sheena was born, on September 9, 1988, Bora gave birth to the couple's second child, a boy they named Mikkel. But everything wasn't happy in the family. Bora, Sheena's mother, was restless. She didn't want a family life with Doss and two young children. She didn't want the struggle and sacrifice of motherhood. She longed for a different type of life. According to Doss, who is Sheena's father, she wanted, quote, better living and high society, unquote. Ah, I see. Yes, she longed for riches. So she's not going to be very happy in this life with two kids. No, two kids. And also, it's important to note that Doss did not have a job at this time. He had been a student, and he was from another part of India. So he was starting fresh in this new area, living in her parents' home. Right, so she's not exactly going to live the high life. No. Yeah. No, especially not in this situation at this time. And so she starts feeling like this isn't the right place for her. And it turns out that Bora wasn't really the type of woman to wait for what she wanted. So in 1989, she left. At the time, the kids were just two and one. And it was a total surprise to the whole family that she left. One day, she just disappeared and didn't come home. That has to suck. Yeah. And so at this point, Das, the father, is living at her parents' house with the two babies, and he can't exactly stay there. So what he decides to do is he decides to go home to be with his family instead. An understandable choice. Now, there's some dispute over why he did not take his children, because the two kids remained with Bora's parents. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Now, he claims that the parents would not let him take his two children and that they decided that they were going to raise them alone. But the parents seem to imply that he just up and left, too. Hmm. After the mother disappeared. Right. I also feel like it's important to note that even though most people in the family agree, including her parents, that the reason why Bora left is because she wanted a better life for herself and did not care about the kids. Yeah. She claims that Doss was abusive to her sometimes. Now, no other partners of him have claimed abuse, and he has been married since then. So, but I thought I should mention it just because she does make that claim in multiple locations. Gotcha. So, because their mother left and their father returned to his family, Sheena and Mikhail lived with their maternal grandparents throughout their childhood. These grandparents, Apendra Kumar Bora and Durga Rani Bora, even adopted them. So, their last name remained Bora. According to Mikhail, their grandparents weren't the best parental figures. Raising two young children was hard, and they weren't exactly prepared to have more kids after their, you know, their first child left. Absolutely, yeah. Occasionally, their biological father, Doss, checked in on them. He went for a while without talking to his kids, but later he reconnected with them and he started texting them. So on and off, not as frequently as probably they would have liked. Their father would check in, see what's going on in their lives, how school was going, that kind of thing. Meanwhile, he built a life as a school teacher and got married and kind of settled on and started a new life, just accepting the fact that Sheena and Mikkel weren't really going to be an active part of his life. Meanwhile, Bora was officially free to start her new life, and she did. While her kids grew up in her parents' home, she moved on and changed her name from Pori to Indrani. She also moved to the city of Kolkata, where she enrolled in a computer course. While studying there, she met a businessman who ran a wireless communications business, and his name was Sanjeev Khanna. 
kind of fell for Indrani Bora and decided to marry her in 1993. Her parents did not support this marriage. So, in answer, Indrani cut ties with most of her family. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's not clear why they didn't support the marriage. I have to wonder if it's just because this isn't that long after she got with the other guy, had some kids, and then just left them with the parents. So, the parents might be thinking, what if this happens again? Yeah, I could see that. It's unclear why they did not support them. But at that point, she just decides to cut them out of her life completely. But this was not a red flag for Kana like it might be for other people. He says that he did meet her father briefly, but he didn't really learn much about her past. He also didn't really meet many of her family members. Later, he did tell reporters that Indrani carried photos of a young boy and a young girl, and she told him that these were her younger siblings. Oh, wow. She didn't even claim that they were her kids. No, this is going to be a hot topic later. As you've guessed, the pictures were of Sheena and Mikkel, but she told anyone who saw them that those were her brother and sister. And Kana actually believed this, and he encouraged her repeatedly to make up with them because he's thinking, oh, these are her brother and sister. Just because she doesn't get along with her parents doesn't mean that she shouldn't get along with her siblings. But every time that he did this, Indrani would just be like, no, I just need this boundary. I don't want to be around my family. Yeah. After their marriage, the couple had a daughter together whom they named Vidi. Now, this is her third child, but as we will see, Vidi is her favorite child. Like, this is the child that she loves the most and is sort of her, like, special chosen child. Right. Together, Indrani and Sanjeev proved to be quite the power couple, at least by appearances. Inside the family home, however, life was tense because, as you might guess, Indrani always wanted more. Yeah. Kana actually supported his wife's goals because at this point she's decided that marrying a man might not be the only way to become successful, uh, which is true. So she decides she's going to build her own business and try to get success for herself. And so her husband is fully supportive of this because, again, he did not always meet her expectations. Eventually, Andrani did strike out on her own and she started an HR placement business, which she eventually opened in Mumbai. Now, if you recall, she met Sanjeev Khanna while she was living in Kolkata, so she had to move from their family home to Mumbai to run her business. Now, in business, she quickly found success, and people really liked her. She seemed like a nice, charismatic lady to most of the people she interacted with in a business capacity. So because of her charisma, she was able to draw clients and businesses and whatnot to her. Right. Yeah, so her business really, really takes off. Now, people who got closer to her would see the cracks in this facade, but you had to get really close in order to see through her fake persona of, like, nice, charismatic lady. Makes sense. Once Indrani moved to Mumbai in 2001, things stopped working with Kana. So they had only been married for about eight years at this point. She divorced him and began looking for a bigger fish to hook at that point. Andrani took her youngest child, Vidi, with her to Mumbai, and at the time, the little girl was just three years old. During her divorce, Andrani met a new, fancier suitor. And when I say during her divorce, I mean while she was still married to Kana. Yeah, so she moved on pretty fast. Yes. This man's name was Peter Mukherjee, and he was 16 years older than Andrani. He was a media executive and extremely successful in business. Finally, at this point, Indrani had a man who could give her the high society life that she wanted. 
The ink on her divorce papers was barely dry when the pair tied the knot in 2002. When they started their new life together, Andrani changed Vidi's name to Mukherjee, and she started leaning on Peter as her father. Yeah. Now, this is partially a little bit weird because Andrani never loses contact with Kana, and uh, you're going to want to remember him because he plays a very active role in what's going to happen. But for some reason, she still basically teaches her little girl that her stepfather is her dad. Yeah, that has to suck for Kana, though. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I don't completely understand this situation, but I do know that Peter and Vidi were very close as father and daughter, and he ends up being, like, a really good father to her. Well, that's good, at least. Oh, 100%. At least one of these kids is getting a good parent. Uh, right. <laughs> but, as you've probably figured from her successful business, Andrani was not just the wife of a successful man. She achieved career success herself as a media executive. She even founded a company called INX Media. Over time, though, INX would experience scandal after scandal, garnering embarrassing headlines for the company. One of the biggest scandals was embezzlement, because both Andrani and Peter allegedly embezzled money and hid some of this. And in some cases, they actually put money they embezzled from the company in accounts with family members' names on them. Oh, wow. That's shady as hell. Yeah, very shady. Now, it doesn't really appear that they ever were really faced any kind of justice for this, but it was heavily reported in the media, and it did cripple the companies, and eventually, and Johnny and Peter had, had to sell their shares of the company. Well, that makes sense. I yes. Mean. As it turns out, and Johnny's personal life was also ripe with scandals. Uh, for instance, most people <laughs> did not actually even know the truth about her past. I imagine she's been lying about it this whole time. Mm-hmm. I mean, and most of these people would have no reason to doubt her until something came up, you know? Exactly. Now, keep in mind, neither Kana, her sec- neither Kana, her first husband slash second partner, or her latest partner, Peter, knew that she had two kids with this other guy that she lived with at her parents' house. Yeah. Yeah, so neither one of them actually know that. And most of their friends, like, literally the only people in her life that seem to know are her parents and the children. Yeah. (laughs) The two children involved. Exactly. The people who are there. Exactly. And, of course, somewhere out in the world, Das knew that he had had kids with her. But at this point, he may not have recognized her name or anything because he knew her as Pori Bora, and now she's Indrani Mukherjee. Exactly. She's a totally different person, right? Yeah. So she is determined to keep this a secret. Now, Sheena and Mikkel mostly attended boarding schools for their education, so it was easy for Andrani to keep them at bay. It wasn't until the early 2000s that Sheena and Mikkel burst back into their mother's life. Sheena reunited with her mother at around the age of 19, while Mikkel was around 17. However, they were required to keep Andrani's secrets. She actually invited her older children to spend time with her new family in Mumbai in their teens, but... According to the kids, they had to pretend to be her brother and sister. Man, that's toxic. And this goes deep. So, according to Mikkel, they actually had not even seen or heard from their mother for over a decade whenever she came back into their lives. And at first, and it seems that at first, both of them had ideas that their mother would be a mom to them and, like, do motherly things. I know. What a crazy concept, though. Yeah. So, but then, 
But unfortunately, Indrani has that vicious surprise of, no, you're going to be my siblings. I'm not ever going to be a real mother to you. That sucks. She even at one point drafted an email instructing them that under no circumstances would they be allowed to tell people the truth about who they were. Damn. And this email would later come back to haunt her because it's one of the things that actually, like, confirmed the rumors about it when police started looking into whether or not these were her kids or her or her uh, children. Yeah, there's written evidence now. Exactly. Yeah. This issue would come up again and again as Sheena and Mikkel struggled to understand their role in their mother's life. And since she didn't want people to know that she abandoned these two kids or had this earlier situation, it just became harder and harder for them to keep the secret. Every once in a while, Sheena actually cracked under the pressure and told someone. One of these times, she got drunk at a college party and told her friends that Indrani was really her mother. And additionally, she at one point did tell her sister, Vidi. Vidi wrote in her memoir called Devil's Daughter that her mother introduced Sheena as her aunt. And she recalls noticing how Sheena looked just like Indrani and how she and Sheena grew very, very close together super, super fast. They watched movies together, and they participated in a lot of sisterly activities. And Vinny really loved Sheena. She believed Sheena was her aunt for years, though. But Sheena eventually cracked at a family wedding in 2010 and told Vinny and some others that she was actually Indrani's child. I mean, something like that's bound to come out eventually, though. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories. A paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Yeah, now I haven't told you one of the juiciest parts of this story, though. Ooh. Okay, because you might have noticed at the beginning, I told you that Sheena was in love with someone named Rahul Mukherjee. So you might have noticed the similarities there in the last names, right? I did notice that, yeah. Okay, well, that's because after Sheena came back into their lives as Indrani's quote-unquote sister, she met her new stepbrother. And that's oh, Rahu Mukherjee. I see, and they yeah. fell in love. Now, I know that probably sounds scandalous to some listeners, but keep in mind, they were both adults and they weren't actually like raised together at all. So it's not weird that they would meet and fall in love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different situation. Yeah, totally different. It's not, they don't, there's no like familial connection there. It's not like they grew up together or anything. Yeah, exactly. So they fall in love with each other. And at first, Peter really seems to support the relationship. And for a while, both Rahul and Peter still thought that Sheena was Indrani's sister. So I don't know if that's weirder than being a stepsister to be like a step aunt. I don't know which one's weird. But the family seemed to be fine with it. But at this 2010 wedding, Sheena also told Rahul and Peter the truth. Mm. Now, this is where things get wild. Yep. So Rahul at this point accepts it. And he is not upset. He understands where she's coming from and decides that he's okay with this. Peter is shocked. Of course he is. Because his wife has clearly been lying to him. Oh, yeah. So he goes and confronts Andrani about this to say, hey, what the heck? 
Yeah. Now, Vidi, for her part, was also upset with Indrani. She was very, very excited to have Sheena as a sister because that's how she felt toward her anyway. But she was angry with her mother because what a monster, right? Yeah, for real. So, Vidi and Peter both go talk to Indrani. Now, at this point, she tells Vidi, the daughter, that Sheena and Rahul are both lying. Because at this point, Rahul believes her. Wow, she's doubling down. Yeah, and she says they're doing drugs and they're just trying to make her look bad and, like, manipulate her and try to get money out of her. And she shows Vidi some type of quote-unquote proof that they're on drugs. But it's unclear what this proof is. And that's crazy. Like, why not just own up to it? She has problems. That is why. Well, yeah. She has, like, some kind of weird narcissism going on. Uh Uh-huh. Peter also talks to her about the situation. And Andrani just reassures him that Sheena is lying. And also, again, tells him this lie that Sheena's trying to extort money from her by blackmailing her, by trying to make her look bad. Because whatever your beliefs are, someone having two kids that they then abandon and then lie about for years is going to look bad. That is true. That would look very bad. Exactly. And so she doesn't want people to know this about her. And Peter just believes it. He just buys it up after this first reassurance. And even though he would later hear rumors the rumor would circulate ever so often after someone found out the truth or Mikhail would say something about it because obviously he knows that that's his mom. These rumors would circulate and Peter would just dismiss them as like, no, Indrani said it wasn't true. Wow, that's a... Mm-hmm. Okay then. Now, unsurprisingly, living with Indrani in her life often made Sheena unhappy. Surprise. I know, right? India Today actually uncovered a tragic journal entry written by Sheena while growing up around her mother and she had written quote oh happy birthday to me but i am not happy it seems as if i have got nothing in my life nothing my future seems very bleak to me just depression has encircled me from all sides disgusting life it is i hate my mother that bloody bitch she is not my mother she is a witch unquote damn yes really obviously not having a healthy relationship there but how how can you blame her she's literally not even a mother to her she's pretending to be a sister and treating her like poop and denying her at every turn yeah yeah and one of the things that her friends actually said is that while she was in college Indrani would literally just constantly show up and interfere with her life that sounds about right doesn't it Mm -hmm. and like again this is her quote-unquote sister and she would require her sometimes to like miss lessons or miss classes just to be with her or like she would send a car and just text Sheena and be like you have to come what a crazy narcissist. Yeah. I know. It's completely ridiculous. She expected Sheena to do anything she wanted whenever she wanted it, but then she wouldn't even just acknowledge that this is her child or anything like that. Yeah. That's... It's so messy. Oh, yeah. It's so messed up. It's said that we die two deaths. The first, after we exhale our last breath. And the second, the last time someone speaks our name. I'm Alicia, host of Dead On, a true crime podcast. Together, we'll honor the victims of violent crime, investigate what makes criminals tick, and shed light on long-forgotten cases. Come on this journey with me. Dead On is streaming now, everywhere you love to listen. Now, soon after she moved to Mumbai, 
since Sheena scored a great job working in the local transit service called Mumbai Metro One, at that point she had finished college and she'd also trained for, for a time at another company learning to be a manager. So she gets her manager job in Mumbai and things are looking better for her. As I said before, at this point, she's moved in with Rahul. She's trying to be happy. Everything is looking good. As you can see, mother and daughter were embroiled in a toxic relationship. 43-year-old Indrani felt like that she had achieved everything in life that she wanted. She was successful and her career looked brighter and brighter every day. But more problems were awaiting around the corner because... As you know, Indrani and Peter were both obsessed with appearances, but Sheena just did not share these concerns. And as you have concluded from Rahul being in the relationship with her, he did not either. So they were both happy with proceeding with getting married. Yeah. And Sheena had even told her father that this was happening. So it really does seem like they were on the path to get married. Yeah. Now, Rahul's father, Peter, did say later that he actually did support the marriage initially. But one of the problems that was starting to come up is not only does this relationship possibly make the family look bad because of the whole step relationship that might come out. Additionally... Andrani was concerned that if Rahul married Sheena, financial problems would occur. She worried that they would inherit the lion's share of the parents' property and cut out the youngest daughter, Vidi. Yeah, I still cannot completely wrap my head around how that even makes sense. Yeah, I don't understand the logic of that. It doesn't track. Yeah, because I I don't know if, like she thought that it would automatically go to Sheena as her daughter partially, but she was definitely concerned that if Rahul and Sheena married, that this would siphon off too much of the inheritance and Vidi would get nothing. Okay. That's... And, yeah. And so she actually even went to Kana, who is again, Vinny's biological father and got him all worked up about this too, that they needed to stop this marriage from happening. Wow. Okay then. Yeah. Now by 2009, Sheena and Rahul were living together and planning this marriage, and Andrani was committed to not letting this happen. So she started trying to break them up. Now, according to journalist Manish Patchouli, Andrani even got Sheena misdiagnosed as having a mental illness in 2009. Wow, that is fucked up. Yes, and you're probably wondering how the heck could that happen, right? Yeah, that too. So apparently, Sheena had actually been sick, and she'd been hospitalized for another illness. Well, Andrani went to the hospital, and she conferred with the doctor... And got the diagnosis changed to having a mental illness. And she got a prescription given to Sheena that is usually used to treat bipolar disorder or schizophrenia. Wow. Yeah, so like some hard prescriptions. Yeah, that is messed up. How do you do that to your own kid? Exactly. Jesus. Obviously, as you might be wondering, money is involved in this. But she's using her money and her power to basically fuck over her daughter yeah it's what's happening yeah so sheena actually ends up taking these medications and they make her incredibly ill it got so bad that she actually needed a wheelchair to get around she wasn't able to like use her phone or really articulate how she was feeling she was just basically kind of a shell of a person and this happened within like a month of her taking these drugs i'm not surprised like if you don't have those conditions that Mm -hmm. would mess you up pretty hard Yeah, and so obviously because she's so sick, she's in her mother's power. She almost lost her relationship with Rahul because she could not call him or contact him. Her mother drained all of her money from her account. Sheena was basically trapped. And then it gets worse. Andrani actually reached an all-new low. 
she called Sheena's ex and tried to get him to come take her home from the hospital. Wow. And guess what? He, he did? He freaking did. Of course he She did. was like, you can get back together. Surpri- I was surprised. He actually came and he took her back to his town and started basically living with her and started physically abusing her almost right after she started living there. That sounds about right. Poor mm-hmm. Sheena. Good I Lord. know, right. Yeah. Exactly. And right, meanwhile, Rahul is like searching for her. He has no idea what happened. Yeah. Fortunately, she was able to contact him and he actually came and rescued her before her mother could achieve the goal of breaking them up. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, Rahul is a really solid guy. Like, he really puts up with a lot of crap from Indrani. And I think a lot of people might, like, lose trust in some of these situations. But he is so familiar, I guess, with the situation that he believes Sheena and still sticks by her, even though she's literally been, like, essentially kidnapped by this other dude. Yeah. Like, this is some soap opera-level drama right here. It really is. It's crazy. It is crazy. I spent so long learning about this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that that is true. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, she's been researching this for a long time, you know, like, a long, long time. Yeah, he's talking about me. Like, I've been in this rabbit hole for a really yes. long time. Yeah, sorry, I, I should clarify. <laughs> Danielle has been doing a lot of research to bring you this really awesome case. It's been a lot. It's been a lot. As a side note that I I have to mention, it doesn't fit into Sheena's narrative, but I feel like you need to know this to really understand who Indrani is as a person. She had actually gotten Sheena's brother, Mikhail, admitted to a mental hospital too. Wow. Yeah, this happened around 2006. She had had her then teenage son. Remember, he was born in 88, so he's a teenager at this point still. She had had him meet her ex-husband, Sanjeev Khan. Now, they've been divorced for five years. Remember, they got divorced in 2001. Right. So, why is he meeting a stepfather that he was never in his life? Good question. It's weird. So, yeah. they she arranged this meeting between them. And at the meeting, Sanjeev gave Mikhail alcohol. And soon, the teen passed out. He awoke the next day in a mental hospital. Holy shit. Yes, and his mother had told them that he had a drug problem and had him admitted. Damn. And he actually spent two whole months trapped in that hospital. According to Mikkel, he had never done drugs or anything else like that. It was just his mother feeling that he was a threat because at this point he was around 18 years old and she was just worried that he might tell the truth. Man. And so she had him put in a mental hospital to undermine him. How vicious is this lady? I know, right? She's fucking crazy. Yeah. So that's just an example of what she's capable of. And she's not just doing this to Sheena. She's also doing it to Mikhail. Yeah. Now, a relationship between mother and daughter was at an all-time low when Andrani called Sheena to offer a truce in April 2012. We've had three years of her trying to get in between the relationship between Sheena and Rahul, plus a lifetime of denying Sheena and telling people she was lying and on drugs and all kinds of other things to make her look bad. But because she's such a nice person, Sheena believes that her mother might actually want to make peace at this point. And according to sources, it appears that Andrani did make it clear that she intended to apologize for trying to break her up with Rahul. That's kind of an understatement, but yeah, that's the situation. For real. Prior to this meeting, it's important to understand that their fraught relationship wasn't just about the situation with Rahul, though. It was also about some inappropriate allegations that, that Andrani had made against Sheena. Because before this meetup, Andrani had actually been going around telling people that Sheena was taking money from her. And there were multiple accusations when it came to the money. First, 
Andrani had told some people that she had put Sheena's name on one of those accounts for the embezzlement and that Sheena had found out about the account and kept the money since it was in her name. Now, it's unclear if this ever happened, and it's also important to note that whenever she had kidnapped Sheena in that mental hospital, she had drained Sheena's accounts then, so it's unclear how it's possible that Sheena could have, like, stolen money from an account in her name when Indrani had already drained all of Sheena's accounts back in 2009, and Sheena had had to, like, rebuild. Yeah, good point. Yeah, and then also, too, Indrani had told other people that Sheena was trying to blackmail her, and that she was saying that she would tell everyone, including the media, that she was Indrani's daughter if she didn't pay for her silence. Good Lord. Yeah, so she was telling this to people who were in on the secret or who had, like, heard the rumor before. Yeah. Because, again, she's been telling people that Sheena was trying to extort her, but then still saying that it was, like, a lie. So it's unclear how that would hurt you if it was a lie. Not to get overly opinion-y, but if you had a situation where a celebrity or a business person had someone go to the media and say, hey, I'm actually their child, not their sibling, that seems like a fairly easy thing to prove or disprove in, you know, the, around the time of 2012. So in the event that that was your sibling, they would look incredibly foolish. And it might even be good press for you to be like, this person's trying to do something bad to me. I'm not, I'm not seeing how people are believing that this is a lie. Agreed. Now, we know that mother and daughter had a lot of problems between them, but no one is exactly sure which one of these problems motivated Indrani to do what she was about to do. She invited her 24-year-old daughter to meet on April 24th, 2012, and Sheena was never seen again. Oh no, that's really terrible. Yes. I mean, I can see where this is going, but it just mm -hmm. sucks. That's actually where we are leaving off today. Uh, I know that I'm disappointing all of you <laughs> by having a two-part episode, but everything has just been so hectic lately, and, like, I've had so much extra work. My The murder mystery company I work for has been just, like, so many shows. I'm constantly on shows right now. I was already worried that we wouldn't have, like, a Labor Day case because Labor Day weekend I was working constantly the whole time doing murder mysteries, and we are actually recording this, like, on Monday night of Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, this case has been written for, like, ever, and we just haven't gotten around to actually doing it. And so I thought, oh, crap. And then it ended up being so long. Like, I've been, oh, my God. This is when this research for this has been a beast. I found this case on accident while I was looking for a case in India. I just wanted to do, like, a solidly Indian case. Like, we've had some Indian people in our cases, but I thought, you know, we haven't really done, like, a really Indian case. I want to do that. This one is all over the news because it's ridiculous and because just recently there was something that happened. I won't tell you what it is yet. Because of that, it came up, like, really easily. Anyway, this case is still has a lot more to go, so we're going to cover the second half of it next week. But if you are just craving more content right now, that's okay, because you can go to our Patreon. You can find the link in the show notes or just type in patreon.com backslash badaxpod. For as little as $1, you will have access to some bonus cases. There are a lot of cases over there, and I will tell you, I work extra hard to find unique and intricate cases for the Patreon, so I'm confident you'll like them. I kind of save like some of the best ones for over there. And personally, I get really bummed when I'm going to a Patreon for the one of the ones that I subscribe to. And it's one that I've already heard of or just a generic case that like all the pieces are the same as like half the other true crime cases that you hear about. I try not to do that to our patrons. So keep that in mind. 
If you are not ready to join the Patreon, you can also support Bad Axe by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Please like and follow us as well. We actually recently got a bad review that was confusing for us because I kind of felt like that person had not listened to very many of our episodes. So if you would like to help us by maybe counteracting the bad review, that would be really awesome. Absolutely. (laughs) We would also appreciate it if you told a friend about us. You can connect with us on social media at BadAxePod. We are most active on Instagram. If you have feedback, comments, or case suggestions, you can email us at BadAxePod at gmail.com. Additionally, Aaron is going to tell you about the website. It's a great website. It's BadAxePod.com. You should definitely check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.